Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. This week, we're privileged to hear from guest speaker Tom Egham with Hope for Kids International. I kind of joked earlier talking about, you know, that we've been in association with Hope for Kids and uh, Tom Egham since uh, time began, but it's almost been that as far as the church. Um, Hope for Kids International is one of the first um, missions uh, groups that we sponsored um, as a church in our beginnings. And we've had an association for about 16, 17 years now, I think it's been. And uh, there's a number of people in our church family that have gone on short-term missions trips. Um, Tom will tell you a little bit more about Hope for Kids, but for those of you who don't know anything about them, um, Tom is the founding president and still is the president. Um, and they do um, outreaches to children uh, all over the world, particularly um, Eastern Europe, um, down in uh, South America, Peru, and then uh, Uganda, and expanding now into Kenya, Tanzania, and all different areas. And uh, just an exciting, exciting work. And um, I've had the pleasure of going on three trips with Tom, and uh, he still lets me, invites me back. So I hope to do that again. Um, but just a great guy, a great uh, friend of Northgate. And um, I, there's a number of you. Just quickly, how many here in this first service have been on a trip with Tom so far? Yeah. I think we've got about 20, 25 or so all together. So um, please give him a warm North, warm North Gate. Welcome, Tom Egg. Thank you. Well, thank you. Rarely do I actually know where I am. <laughs> but I know I'm here. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm always here. So it's nice to have some normalcy to my life where I'm not sure where I am uh, most of the time. But... I'm here to say thank you, because every Thanksgiving I'm able to come and say thank you for the part you've been. We had a couple anniversaries this year. This was my 35th year of doing this ministry, and uh, we've had some uh, celebrations in Russia and in Romania and in Peru, and also just uh, uh, a couple weeks ago in Uganda. We were also celebrating our fifth anniversary for our involvement in Uganda, Five years ago today, you know, Thanksgiving, I was here. I had just come back and saw a desperate need. And I was not sure how we would respond. Little kids sick and dying of malaria, of measles, of dysentery, and HIV AIDS. And I had found a desperate situation that had moved my heart probably deeper than anything that had moved my heart in previous years. And the first Sunday I was home, I was in Great Falls, Montana, and spoke about sponsoring some of these kids, of helping build a medical clinic. The second weekend home, which was like 10 days after I had left Uganda, I was here. And I shared the story with you. And I'll never forget, because I tell this story everywhere I go, is that that Sunday that I was here, I knew God was going to provide incredibly generously to this project like I had never seen anything before. When I left here, we had all 100 kids sponsored. Many of them were sponsored by people at Northgate. Uh, we had enough money to build a medical clinic which I had predicted when I had left there. I said, it might take five years before I can come back and build this medical clinic. And in January, we started the clinic in building that clinic. And in March, 
a group of men from my church and I went back and we painted it and officially opened it at the end of March. That clinic has now grown to, now we have nine medical clinics throughout the countryside in the bush of, of Uganda. One of them is sponsored by Northgate. Your village of Butacho uh, is a beautiful area of Uganda. I'm hoping that a group of us from Northgate will be able to go and we'll have a celebration, a dedication. Uh, they have a, a way of welcoming you like you've rarely been welcomed before. Ken, I'm predicting you might get a, a rooster or two. <laughs> and if Betty goes, I'm sure they'll give her a goat. That's a high compliment. Nothing, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. But uh, it is really quite an experience. They are so grateful. So on behalf of them, I thank you for your generosity. They have clean water every day. Kids in that village can pump a well and have clean water. And that does more for the health of the people in that area. You know, and we had uh, been looking at the numbers of people that would be impacted by a well. And we were told about 500 live in that village. What we just discovered this last trip is they don't count children. So literally, well, let's not get crazy with the math, but we've got some big families. Uh, it literally uh, meets the needs of hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of people uh, because of a well. And then we have the medical clinic there. Uh, we do outreaches out of that. We're still looking for a system where we don't have to continually put money in for the medicine. We've just started a, uh, an experiment where we gave them medicine for about six months. And I announced to the celebration uh, up in this uh, village of Sabanga, not far from your village, uh, that we were going to charge 2,000 uh, shillings, which uh, there's about 1,800 shillings in a dollar, so it's a little over a dollar. That's a lot of money because a lot of people don't make much more than a dollar a day. But when I announced it, they cheered. And I've discovered this, that by giving and giving and giving, people become dependent. And I explained that we're, not, we're trying to help them. We start businesses for them. We give them the tools by which they can they can uh, expand. We just bought, a, a, uh, uh, bought uh, three and a half acres of coffee uh, for one of the churches there so they could uh, have coffee and sell that in a, in a local market. Also, another place we bought four and a half acres of ban uh, banana grove. So right away, they have some uh, income from those kinds of things. So when I explained this, uh, and they had told me earlier that it was nine miles to the nearest clinic, uh, they still cheered and lined up to get their medicine and their treatment there. So those are the kinds of things that are happening. And in your village, uh, about 10 hours ago, they were worshiping in this beautiful building. They're grateful that they have a roof over their head. Uh, the pastor has a nice little home there. And the medical clinic that we built in your village is actually the biggest one uh, that we've built in any of the villages. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for your gift and... Uh, whenever time allows that a few of you could go, we want to take you, we want to introduce you to that village, uh, we want to have a celebration there, and uh, thank you uh, properly, because uh, uh, <laughs> I'm never this way, only when I'm around Ken. 
because he mocks me for, you know, up there crying again. But anyway, they are, they are so, so grateful. For you that might not know uh, much about Hope for Kids International, I have a booth out front. Grab a brochure. There's a trifold there. You can look up our website. You can follow our blogs when we're traveling. Like, you can look at our uh, most recent trip where there were 55 of us traveling in Uganda, uh, just returning about 10 days ago, and, and uh, learn about what it's like to be on, on that journey. Also, my sister and I wrote a, a book that we just released this spring, uh, God, why don't you hear their prayer? And many of you have heard me tell how I cried before God and said, God, where are you in this one? And this is the story, and many of you have traveled with me. You'll recognize stories from Cuba and Russia and Chile and Peru and, and Uganda. And uh, it's, a, it's a great book to, that I, I wrote from, our, from my heart to say, God, if you're such a loving God, why is there so much suffering? And when I met these little kids that were so full of faith and joy, uh, I, I really struggled. And now I, I really believe that if each one of us respond to what God's called us to do, and we're faithful when we hear the call uh, to do what He asked us to do, we're truly going to make a difference. And I can tell you that in the five years we've been there, this was such an incredible trip to be on, to have people that I'd known for the five years stand up and testify of what it had, was like and what it's like today. What it's like to go for fresh water instead of riding a bicycle three hours to find water in a, in a lake that's polluted. And it was killing their children and making their children sick. Uh, story after story. Uh, a good friend of ours, a name, his name is Eric. He's a good friend of, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, Cheryl. <laughs> Another name came to mind. I'm sorry. She's a sweetheart. She's been with me twice. But uh, this guy said to us, since Hope for Kids entered into Uganda, a lot of things have been done. And the hopeless people have become hopeful. In many parts of Africa, there's a problem of poverty, ignorance, and disease. When a child is born, it's the grace of God for him or her to grow up to become a man or woman. Most die before their fifth birthday. AIDS itself has compounded the problem further. Many parents have died and left orphans as a result of HIV AIDS. He goes on to say, it used to take 10 to 15 miles to access the nearest health unit, but now it takes less than a mile to the average person because of the hospital provided by the support of Hope for Kids. Before Hope for Kids entered into Uganda, our medical services existed like this. People would come to the city hospital as a last resort. They would check in and not check out. They would come here to die. Now, thanks to the Hope for Kids hospital, malaria is no longer a death sentence. When we have malaria, we come and get our medicine and go home. Children who had surrendered to death and disease are now hopeful to become responsible citizens of the world. What a line. Hope for Kids International, you have given us hope to live one more day. Uh, I want to read something else, but I don't think I can right now. So why don't we just peek at some pictures just to make this uh, come more real to you. Um, 
as the, our brochure says, we've been doing this since 1973. That's proof I really do go there. <laughs> and that, that was me in the middle. Uh, This is the original church at which I spoke uh, five years ago. And uh, our church in Phoenix uh, saw this, and we were moving into a $12 million sanctuary, and the pastor showed this and said, is it right that we are worshiping in this place and they're worshiping in this? And they took a door offering, and uh, we were looking for about $30,000, which would have been a huge offering. And he called me a couple days later and said, build the new church twice as big. They gave over $60,000 at the door. This is the new church building. Yeah. Yeah. And as I mentioned, we, we've dug wells, and this is the well on our original property where we've got water towers. Uh, mostly we dig the hand pump wells, I believe. I might have a picture of some of that. Like here, we're dedicating a well uh, in... Uh, uh, February, when I was there, we dedicated this particular well, and this is the well that uh, they said they were riding their bicycles three hours one way to get water, and they'd never seen a pump before in that area. Uh, the government had told them that there was no water table. We went about 300 feet. All of our wells are about 175 to, to uh, uh, 10,000 feet, and then this is the pump that's there to pump fresh water, and we can do that for around $10,000. So when you think of the investment of uh, something that's really going to make a difference for a long period of time. This is the, the way I, I really have a passion for the water. And you know, I'm trying it out. <laughs> and here, this was so cute. It was right by a school. We built a, dug a well right by a school. And I was there to introduce this group to the well they had dug. And all the ch children came out for break, and they were handing us their little books and chalk and different things and, and getting under there and drinking. So this was not a posed picture at all. It was really, you can see the joy uh, of that. And then, as I mentioned, we built the medical clinic, and now it's a 66-bed hospital. This is on our, our main property. We have 35 acres where we have built this main complex, and then now we're building these same things on a smaller scale out in the villages. This is the typical church like you built in, uh, Bucha, Bucha, I think I'm saying it wrong, Butacho, right? Um, we use the same plan for each one. It seats about 250 people or so, African style, a few hundred. Uh, this is one of our schools. We've built a Christian school, and these are preschool kids all the way through uh, sixth grade now. We have 250 kids, 280 kids, I guess, this last semester. This is part of that school that we're building, and it's just really uh, bringing a, a, a joy. If our orphans can be put into uh, uh, boarding schools, we love to do that. Uh, for $26 a month, you can sponsor an orphan, and it'll pay for their school fees, their, whatever they need for school, gets them a mattress, a mosquito net, a lot of the basics. They get free health care. They can come to our clinics free. All of that's covered with $26 a month. If you want to go further and put a child in boarding school, uh, then this is an example. This is a cottage that we've built. we built four of these now uh, on our main campus, and some of them go to school there. And the plan was that we would try to take that label off orphans. I've been working with orphans for... Let me see what the next picture is here. This is a look inside. Um, I've been working with orphans for 35 years, and let's back up to that last slide. Um, uh, and one of the things that we're trying to do is... 
help them with that label. You see, if they have the label orphan, it usually means they won't get a job, they won't be hired, they won't get ed educated because they've got this label. And that's true wherever we've been. Uh, so what we've done is we've built this school, and now it's expensive to go to that school because you sponsor them, these orphans can go. And then business people or landowners in the area now are sending their kids there. So you see, right away, our True Vine Christian School doesn't have a label of an orphanage. It has a label, it's a great school. The standard is higher than any school in that entire district. It's even at Kampala standard, which is the capital city. So that's our strategy. And we're adding a grade each year. I need to build a couple new school rooms right now for the new school year starts the end of January. I need to build a couple more dorms or cottages, and it just continues to grow. And our plan is to grow that all the way through high school. And even uh, we've started a uh, trade school where we're teaching brick laying and brick making, and well, uh, we're going to start welding this, this winter. Uh, we've got a number of woodworking things and, and to, to teach uh, young men and women uh, tailoring and different things like that to try to help them forward. Now, uh, this is uh, amazing that only 24 kids stay in one of these cottages because usually there's 24 in a hut, you know, so this is a real luxury for them. We have flush toilets, we have showers, we're training them how to use facilities like that so when they, as they grow, they're going to be able to go to the city and have good jobs, and it's just a great plan, and, and thank you for being a part of that. I know some of you are sponsoring uh, kids in. Now, I'll just quickly go through a couple other things. This is our Peru project. Some of you have been to Peru with us. It's probably the neediest, well, it is the neediest place we go. The people that live in this area live in this sand. There's nothing growing there. And uh, it, it, they really need everything. They need food. Uh, they're hungry. We've got a feeding program. Uh, we're, we're doing whatever we can to help these kids get into schools. Mostly single moms live in these shacks or tarp-covered uh, things or whatever. With This is an old grandfather with them. Uh, and and we're, we're trying to help in a desperate way there. Some people... Uh, from Northgate helped us build a clinic. We actually uh, changed our strategy to build a, a major uh, medical clinic, uh, and now we're busting people in because it was a better facility than little tiny ones. And uh, I was skeptical of it at first, but now I've seen it in action. It was a great plan, and now uh, uh, it, it, it actually is like a mini hospital. Uh, there's only four beds, but it's it, like people that are dehydrated and need a drip and different things can be there. So that's an exciting thing. And then finally, Romania. This is uh, our ministry in Romania is among the gypsies. And um, uh, it's, it's really a, a very needy area also. We've reconstructed a school there. These are kids in that school. Uh, we're there every August, and uh, we're truly making a difference in their villages as we're helping build churches and, and uh, uh, rebuild their, their structure and help them. And boy, they are responding so beautifully. And uh, this has been our commitment over the years, that if you designate for a program, it goes 100% to that program. And uh, when I'm out speaking in churches, oftentimes they'll give an offering or give a gift that, unless it's designated, goes to our general. And uh, as we grow, we really need help in our general fund. We just had to make some pay cuts and let some people off. You know, I mean, that sort of thing is going on uh, in, in, you know, church-wide and ministry-wise. And appreciate your prayer and, and uh, concern for us there. Let me just read a, a couple little things here, and then I want to share a scripture. Have I seen a light yet? Oh, which one is that? I've got one minute? Five? Five? Wow. Uh, <laughs> See, if you don't look back there, you don't see those lights. Um, 
Let me, let me just skip to the scripture because it's, it's so, so powerful and I want this to be known. Uh, you know, when I, when I speak, uh, where, wherever I am, I, I'm always talking about meeting the practical needs. And some people say, are you a humanitarian organization? And I say, you know, we are a full-on Christian organization. My heart is to present Jesus Christ in a powerful way. But as a pastor said to me in Africa, he says, you can't talk to kids about heaven when they're hungry. I asked uh, our director of our project in Africa um, this summer, I said, how many people have really come to know Christ since we started this four and a half years ago at the time? He said, Tom, in a conservative way, I have to say at least 9,000 people have come into our churches. And to me, you know, you can have a big crusade and have people stand up and count thousands and say, we're really making an impact, but you never know what happens. But in a ministry like this where you're giving them water, you're giving them medicine, you're giving them hope, you're presenting Christ in a very tangible way, uh, it changes lives. The lives are drastically changed. I can tell you story after story of lives transformed because of getting medicine or because of digging wells or, or, or meeting the practical needs. There's something that says, why are you doing this? And then you're able to say, because God loves you, because he loves me so much and told me to go to the nations. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 60, 1 through 3 says, Arise, my people, let your light shine for all nations to see, for the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Darkness as black as night shall cover all the peoples of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine from you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see the glory of the Lord upon you. Of course, speaking of, of the people of Israel and, 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 the, and the good news of, of, of God's uh, creation and love. Ephesians 5 says, uh, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And that's all that we're asking. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. And I often say, you know, uh, we often get a little confused about what it means really to be committed to Christ. But to me, it's letting you, your heart be moved by what moves his heart. And so when I read the scripture and he says, the purest religion is taking care of orphans and widows, I don't much care about being religious. I just want to do I want to be a light. So, Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. As that last song we sung invited us, give your, give your life. Let's pray. God, we surrender these words to you. Ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to our hearts about the difference we can make in our city, in our state, in our nation, and even around to the nations of the world. We give you thanks for your faithfulness, your loving kindness and mercy that you show each one of us every day. Now we pray that we might be able to reflect
your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. 